Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Suter with a drive-by, Nugent Hopkins on the attack. Left circle, center pass, one-timer, score! Ty Ratty buries it! That turns out to be your game winner tonight. Finally, finally, the Oilers back in the win column. First victory since January 16th. They had gone 0-4-2 since then. And they finally close out a game where they have the lead after two. They had two overtime losses and a regulation loss leading after two in their last three games. They're up 2 nothing tonight after two, and they go on to beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1. Thanks a lot for joining us this evening. It is 8.57. Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us at 780-496-0063 or by texting 630-630. Well, Rob, we will start with the story in goal because that's been a big part of the discussion over the last two days. About 48 hours ago, Cam Talbot gets pulled as the Oilers have a complete collapse in the third period on the way to losing 6-2 to Chicago. Hitchcock comes out yesterday and says he's going to be my guy tomorrow in Minnesota. Talbot comes out yesterday and apologizes to his teammates for staying in the dressing room for the final 14 minutes of the game and not returning to the bench. Hitchcock says we got to play for our goalie because he's been playing for us. Well, tonight Talbot makes 35 saves and gets the win. Well, he was the best player on the ice. And there were times where the Minnesota Wild had pushes and Talbot made big saves. Um, this is the Cam Talbot that we saw two years ago. This is, I mean, this is the type of game that we saw from the Oilers when they were winning when they had their playoff season. They'd get timely power play goals. Their star players would produce and they get big goaltending from their goaltender. Um, I think there was a lot of question marks and a lot of people were asking why is Cam Talbot playing? He just got pulled last game. He signed the other guy to you know, a lot of money. He's the guy that's going to be here for the next three years, but Hitch feels more comfortable with Cam Talbot and he feels that they give them it gives them a better chance of winning and tonight Hitch was right as Cam Talbot was excellent, outplayed Devin Dubnik in the other end. All right, let's go back to Minnesota. Oilers win 4-1. Here is Talbot. This feels really good. This feels really good, yeah. Uh, from a team perspective, uh, from myself all the way out, um, this was a, a big team win. We needed this one. This is a tough building to play in. They usually come out pretty hot. Uh, we, our start was great tonight. We got all over them early, and uh, we did the little things that we need to do to win the hockey game down the stretch. It looks like, as Hitch was saying this morning, we've got to get back to this, how teams win games, mostly by playing defensively 
harder on people and stuff like that, so there's not rebounds and all that other stuff around. Yeah, I thought we did a heck of a job in front of our net tonight. Probably uh, one of the best demonstrations that we've had all year, I think. Um, started in the first, there's a few scrambles early, and uh, our guys were dialed in, taking sticks and boxing out. So um, it was great from the start all the way to the end. Um, I don't think they got a, a whole lot for the middle of the ice tonight, and that's what it takes to win a hockey game. So we made it 2-1, where you think, okay, just having trouble holding this lead, and then you get the power play going right back. Yeah, that was huge for us. Um, our special teams was, were great tonight for us. Penalty kill stepped up huge. And then we get that big goal right after they got one. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's big for us, you know, after the, the way the last three games have gone, not being able to hold the lead in the third period. They get one early, but uh, didn't fade us tonight, which was a good sign. Your own game, how did you feel today compared to some of the other games? Felt great. And again, you know, I didn't feel bad the other night. It was just, uh, I thought I made some big saves to, in that game too. But, um, you know, I just want to carry it over and um, come up have a good start tonight and settle us down if we needed it. And I uh, knew the guys would do their jobs at the other end. You're back in the wind calm first time in just a bit. Uh, what can this do to springboard you guys? Uh, like I said, it's it's huge for our confidence. Tough building to play in. Uh, team that we're chasing in the standings, so we knew how big that this game was. So uh, we need to carry this over into uh, another huge matchup at home on Saturday night before we head back on the road. All right, there's Cam Talbot. 35 saves tonight as the Oilers beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1. And, you know, goaltending a big part of the story, Rob. And and for the Oilers, a lot of times this year after games, we've been coming on and saying, well... You know, he did. One of the Oilers goalies didn't play bad, but you would have liked to stop there, or the other guy just made a, a big save at a key time, or or early in a game. And, it, and it's early a game in the story tonight. I mean, Devin, Devin Dubnik, he's been a top five goalie in the NHL ever since he joined the Minnesota Wild tonight, and it's because of that I was really surprised that first one went in from Nurse. Well, I think he surprised the Wild, and I think a few of the Oilers were surprised. It was a, a pretty innocent-looking play. There was no. Oiler anywhere near the front of the net. They were in the midst of a line change and went back to nurse. And, and you're always told as a player, if you've got no play, put it on net. The worst thing that could happen is you get a face-off. The best thing is the goaltender could miss the puck. And on that one, that set the tone for the game for the Oilers. You know, they, they dropped six straight. They had the big meltdown last game. Uh, they needed something good to happen for them, and they needed it early. If they fell behind Minnesota, it would have been a tough night for them. But they, they got the first goal on a, on a misplay by Dubnik, and then they went on from there. I thought it was a, a very good game. And to me, the, the importance of this game... Uh, I don't think he can completely comprehend because, to me, this is the team that the Oilers are trying to catch for the playoff spot. I believe the St. Louis Blues are going to be a playoff team. I think they're too strong to miss. This is the team the Oilers are going to have to catch. If they lose tonight in Minnesota, they're eight back. That's a lot of points to make up. Because of the win, they're now only four points back. Minnesota's injured. They're top, two of their top players are out. One for the rest of the year. This was a big statement for the others. They have to carry on. They're playing a tough team against San Jose on home on Saturday. But the confidence that they can gain from this win should help them going forward. 24-25-5 and five is now the Oilers' record on the season. This is not good news in Chicago. It's 3-3 Vancouver and Chicago with... Two minutes left in the third period, and when other teams in the race play, you just don't want it to go to overtime if you're an Oilers fan. It looks like both teams are going to get points. Depending on the result there, the Oilers will be either three or two points out of a playoff spot at the end of the night. We'll have updates as we move along this and, evening. And guess who scored for Vancouver? Pretty good young player. Peterson? Peterson scored again. His 25th of the season. That is a hell of a rookie season for a kid that's 
been out a couple times this year with injuries. That kid is a good hockey player. So the Oilers win 4-1 against Minnesota. And the other story tonight, well, a few things to talk about, but we started with the goaltending and the special teams as well. The Oilers' power play is coming on. It is, yeah. Even in the games they, they lost on the weekend and on, on Tuesday against Chicago, they had some pressure, they had some goals. 5 for 11 now is the Oilers' power play in the last three games, and they're they're finally able to get some key kills tonight. Minnesota goes 0 for 2. And, Rob, you look at that third period, Minnesota gets within a goal early in the third period. I, I mean, I think we know what most people were thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, could this be another third period collapse? The Oilers go on the power play and score right away and restore the two-goal lead. And then they had another power play after that where they didn't score, but they had the puck in Minnesota's end and, and killed off a couple of minutes. Well, there was a lot of talk at times this year. People have written things about the fact that they can't have the three lefties all playing on the power play together. They needed to, to put a one-timer in the spot the Nuge is at. But the one thing that this group is doing is they are controlling the play. If they get control in the offensive zone, they normally have it for a good minute, 30, minute, 40, and they pick and choose which play they want to make. Um, it's been dynamite, and and going forward, that that and goaltending is going to w- give them a chance to make the playoffs. Their power play should be top three or four in the National Hockey League. They've got so much talent on it, and right now they, I mean, I haven't seen the stats pages lately, but they might have the hottest goal scorer in the NHL right now. And you and I were just talking off air. You said Leon Dreisaitl is now second in the National Hockey League in goals. And he is as hot as anybody right now. So they, they're going right now. And uh, hopefully, if the goaltending, if Cam Talbot and Koskinen can, can find a way to make the saves that they need, this team can hopefully get on a, a bit of a run because a run is going to be needed to, to move into a playoff spot. Well, Dreisaitl now has eight goals in his last six games. So he's, he's up to 32 on the season. That leads the team in goals. And the power play goal tonight, Rob, you have to appreciate the setup. And, and Hitchcock has said when it struggled too slow with the rotation across the top, and that one started across the top, ended down low and then in the middle. But Alex Chason, now I know he hasn't scored in 11, so you know he had his hot streak earlier in the season. But he, he still is finding ways to contribute, and that time he did it with a one-touch pass. Well, it's a couple games here in the past few where he set up plays uh, offensively on the power play. And tonight was just a beautiful... All five Oilers touched the puck. The Oilers, first of all, win the face-off, something that they need to do on the power play. McDavid back to Nurse, down to Nugent Hopkins, down to Chase on, out to dry. So it's a set play. That's what they're looking for. And when you move the puck around top like they did, that draws the defending forwards, the Minnesota Wilds forwards up a little higher, and the forward is the guy that covers Leon Dreisaitl. So when the puck goes up high, that player has to respect Nurse. When the puck goes down quickly, that player doesn't have enough time to get back and get his stick in the passing lane. And Leon Dreisaitl, I would say, has the best one-timer on the team. It's on and off his stick quickly, and it's heavy, and Devin Dubnik had no chance. So 4-1, the Oilers win it tonight. Nurse, Raddy, Dreisaitl, and Cassian getting the Oilers' goals. Erickson X sandwiched in between the four Oilers' goals, had the only strike for the Minnesota Wild. Rob, this continues to be a story for the Oilers as well this season. They're now 12-11-4 on the road this season. 
I, I wouldn't call that an outstanding record, but most teams, I, I think even teams who are expecting to have really good seasons are aiming to be 500, maybe a little better on the road. And their home record has just let them down 12-14-1 at Rogers Place. In a lot of those games, they haven't been good. Yeah, true. I mean, it's not that they're they're losing close games. They're just uh, playing poorly on home ice. When you go into a season, you you talk, okay, we want to be a six to seven hundred percent team on home ice, and you want to be five hundred on the road. That usually spells a playoff opportunity. They play a little different on the road. They play a little more, a little closer to the vest, much tighter checking team. Um, I think part of it. When things go sideways and and the crowd gets that, you know, nervous energy, I think the players feel the nervous energy. And they have to find a way to right the ship on home ice because the Oilers are not going to be a playoff team being a 500 home team. They've got to start worse. with, yeah, or worse. They got to, they got to put together a string. They're they're going to have to have a string like they had earlier in there, an eight two and one or a nine two and two. Yep. That's how they're going to make the playoffs. It starts with one. It's only one win, but you can't win two in a row until you win the first. And I agree with you, Rob. They they play differently on the road, and we we know the challenges that the team has mm-hmm. with, with the scoring, and even tonight they don't always stop the cycle or get it out as cleanly as much as you would like I don't I don't think those things are, are, are going away they have they have the players they have some sometimes they're gonna have challenges but I just felt tonight watching them it, it was I'm gonna use the term dug in it was like they dug in more it's like okay the pucks around our net we're not gonna fish for it and then try to get a three on two the other way starting at our own hash mark we're, we're gonna dig in we're gonna really get a stick in the way get a get a body in the way or you know instead of poking at it maybe actually try to knock another man down or throw a hip into him and I thought even other ro- I mean they, they didn't play poorly um, in Philadelphia or Montreal, five on five either, mm-hmm. and and the last game they they won was a road game that shootout win where they they stuck with it and got the extra point in Vancouver. So, I, I mean, why can't here's the here's the million dollar question: Why can't they take that mentality of having to dig in that they have on the road and do it at Rogers Place? Well, because they're not a good team yet. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, Average teams or teams in the middle of the pack will show signs of being able to play a certain game, but they're not going to do it on a consistent basis. And I think that the Oilers right now are still a top-heavy team. It's a team that is led by their stars. And if they get saves, their stars can win them a hockey game. If they don't get the saves, well, then they're in trouble. Uh, they, they're just not consistent. To me, they, they are a Vancouver Canuck, a Colorado Avalanche, a, an Anaheim Duck. Uh, right in that mix. That's that's what kind of hockey team they have. Now, they've got a slight advantage on those teams because they got Connor McDavid. Uh, but those other teams seem to have a little more depth. Uh, so, I mean, they've got to find a way to find some consistency. Tonight, they had two things. They had battle and they had desperation in their game. We did not see that on home ice the other night against Chicago. Yeah, good point for sure. The Oilers in the six-game slide. 4-1 winners over the Wild tonight. Back to Mini. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock. W. Yeah, we, we we played the way we have to play to win, and we we had a lot of good grinding shifts. We got timely goals. Power play goal in the third period was a great play and a great goal. Uh, gave us a little bit of breathing room, and I, I thought we... Manage the game. Uh, I, I thought three of the last four games we've played excellent. We've played really, really good hockey, and uh, 
we played the same way in the third period today as we did in uh, in, in Montreal. So we, we've got we got a blueprint for success on the road. We've got to take our road game back home and and not try to uh, not try to dance with other teams. We we're built a certain way right now, and we've got to play this way to win hockey games. And we're doing it on the road. And I see no reason why we can't take it home and hopefully play well the same way there. Uh, I, I was, I, my reflexes are a little slower, I would say. <laughs> yeah, that teach me for looking for the next lineup change. So I was reading the thing, and then the next thing you know, it's coming at me. So. Well, you're tough like Chris Russell. Yeah. His face at the crossbar. <laughs> yeah. uh, he played well, you know, and I, we were saying in there, this, this just shows you what Clefbaum is worth to this hockey club. You know, he was outstanding. He was a dominant player on the ice, and, you know, it makes you, you know, kind of feel for what we were missing because you get a player that's that that dominant. It's, it's you know, it's awful good feeling for the team. Um, solid again, you know, like this is every night. He he gives us a chance to win. I thought the guys played hard for him, and he played hard for them. He he's got a little bit of confidence going right now, so that's a good sign. You want to stick. You said you'd like one guy just to grab this. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Rotating back and forth. Though. Yeah, people talk about next year, whatever going on. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about next day. All I'm concerned about is next day. So whoever I think gives me the best chance, that's what we're going to go with. And and I don't care if one guy gets on a roll. I don't care which guy it is. He's the guy that's going to have to play. And was Raddy always going to play there? Or was that some misdirection this morning? Did look like he was playing there? On that line? Yeah. Uh, I, I, he was—he's being scheduled there. He, he didn't practice because he—he he had an—he had a little bit of an injury and maintenance day, and then we—but we knew early this morning that he was going to play. But this, is his game, in your own mind, is it fluctuating in and out, or I mean, when he does play like this, he's thinking himself, well, he should play like that all the time. Yeah, I think his game is connected to skating, and he went through a phase where he didn't skate, so he's behind the play. You know, he's not. He's, he's, he's a guy that has to skate to keep up in the league. And when he skates, he's an effective player. And when he's not skating, then things seem to go right by him. And he's the last since he's been there, I think he, he's looked at this as an opportunity that he just doesn't want to pass up. And uh, your special teams? Penalty killing was outstanding today. And what that's. Do you do differently? We just, we were hungry, we were aggressive, and we were, we were really hard on the faceoff dot. It was a real good sign today. Any stitches? Yeah, yeah, we'll take a few. So. I don't see any blood on your shirt. You <laughs> yeah. the shirt? You? No, they, they, they were good. There was a lot of them there, and they were good. When somebody came in, I got a little bit nervous, but we're, we're okay. All right, so Hitch being asked about the game and also taking a puck to the ear early in the third, uh, first period. Sorry, he missed about five or six minutes on the bench, but he's fine. The Oilers are feeling better about themselves. 4-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. couple things before we get to the phone lines. Rob, that, that hit said, I think we should talk about it. He says he this shows Oscar Clefbaum's worth to the team. He is out there for almost 24 minutes tonight, 23.55, goes plus one, gets a shot on goal, credited with three hits and two blocked shots. And you pointed it out during the intermission. I mean, the Oilers were shorthanded for four minutes tonight. He played 257 of those. Yeah, he's, he's a difference maker. He is by far the Oilers' best defenseman. And he, as good players do, he makes Adam Larson better. Adam Larson looked lost. 
when he wasn't with Clefbaum, and now he's back with Clefbaum, and he's he's a rock again. Uh, he, he's one of those defensemen that can do both things. He can be the offensive guy, but he's also very solid in his own end. In the penalty kill tonight, the reason it was so successful was uh, Clefbaum, his battle level. He must have been itching to get back into the lineup after being in the press box, watching the team struggle, and he's making sure he's going to make up for lost time. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We talked after last game, before this game, about the Oilers' identity and how they don't really seem to be sure what it is. Hitch said in there about taking this back home now, he said, we can't think we're going to go out there and dance around other teams. Well, A couple players can do it, which is great, but they got to realize who they are, and, and and what's effective? They realized it tonight, and maybe they can f- form an identity out of that if they stay aware of it. Well, it's, it's what you and I were just talking about 15 minutes ago. They can't win a 6-5 game. They're not good enough. They can win a 2-1 game or a 3-1 game because their star players are going to score two goals every game. And if the rest of the line, the rest of the team plays even, it gives them an opportunity. Now it comes down to battle and desperation. And it's funny because this team should be desperate every night right. where they are in the standings, but they don't play that way. Tonight they played desperate. I thought Milan Lucic was very good tonight. Cassian was good. Kara was good. Those are the role players. Malone. I thought Brad Malone had a, a, a pretty noteworthy game for a guy just up from the minors. Those players have to be noticed for their tenacity. And you notice that tonight. They're certainly going to need it against San Jose. Because the last two games against San Jose, San Jose toyed with them. Yeah. And San Jose is good. We're watching them on TV right now. They are beating a very good Calgary team in Calgary. That is a great hockey club. And you must be on your, your A game from the start of the game to compete with San Jose. Oilers win 4-1 in Minnesota. If Edmonton could have got to 5, we could have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would have allowed you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Carson on the line. Hey, Carson, go ahead. Hi there. Um, first thing I want to point out was as you guys mentioned, the identity thing, I felt they played more to it. Uh, they're not obviously a skilled team, or maybe they got to get on teams and lean on them and get down low and play the boards game a little more mm-hmm. and tight checking, but they're not going to win on offense. But, yeah, much better tonight. Second point, is Raddy going to have another strong finish to the year? He was he looked like one of the better players out there tonight. Hi. Third point, oh, go ahead. Sorry, it was more of a question. For Puliardi, is it? I'm wondering, is it not better to load up the AHL team since they're doing so well and benefit from a strong run in the AHL like for him send him down and go to acquire a third fourth line guy that can do what he's doing now like benefit from that AHL run that seems like it's coming on strong so I'll leave the rest to you. Thanks Carson. Uh, about Roddy, uh, the Oilers are certainly hoping that Roddy finishes strong. I thought he was excellent in today's game. He scored a goal and could have had two more. Had missed an open net and then had a partial breakaway. Uh, Raddy's got the the mind to be able to play with top players, and as you heard Hitch say, when his feet are moving and keeping up, then he's he's a very capable player on that line. There's not a lot of guys in the Oilers lineup that can think as well as Leon and Connor. Raddy's one of them. As for Puliyarvi, Reed and I have talked about it a bunch, and we've said it on air. I'd have Puliyarvi in the minors. I would tonight. He only played uh, eight something in the game, eight and a half minutes. 
Uh, he's not a four, He's never going to be the National Hockey League as a fourth line, or fourth line player. Fourth line players are penalty killers or energy boosters or physical guys. He's none of those things. So if, if he's not going to play in the role that he needs to play in to be successful, go down to the minors. You actually don't even have to go find someone on another team. There's probably someone in the minors that you can call up and can play that role as a fourth-line player. But I agree. I wouldn't. I, I think Pugliarvi would be much better served playing 23, 24 minutes on a pretty good American Hockey League team in a role that he's more suited to. Oilers win 4-1 over the Wild. I, I'm with you. I thought Raddy had a very noticeable game. I mean, hey, sure, of course you'd like him to, to finish another chance or two, even that one late in Chicago. But... He yes, you know he has off nights. Absolutely, I, I think he kind of is what he is. But it, he 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 thinks. I mean, he thinks offensively, and mm-hmm. that's how a guy that isn't isn't huge or isn't overly fast is able to all of a sudden get in the open when he's playing well. Well, his brain is is quick, and there's a lot of people earlier in there, we don't hear as many people now, when they talk about Pugliarvi and they say, well, he's got the speed and he's got the shot. Why can't he be playing on the first or second line? And we always say he doesn't think the game fast enough. When you're playing with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, the game is fast. It's fast because of the speed they bring, but it's also fast because they think the game very fast. When they get the puck, they know where it's going. If you are a guy that doesn't think as fast as them, you're never in the right spot. You're going the wrong way. You're turning the wrong way. Your stick's in the wrong position. Raddy is capable of being a player playing with those guys because he knows what he's supposed to do at all times. A guy like Pugliarvi, he doesn't. He just he can, he can be there with his speed, but he'll be in the wrong spot because he doesn't think the way that they do. And that's why you'll see Raddy have more success now than a Pugliarvi will because Raddy can think the game better. 4-1, the Oilers win it tonight over the Minnesota Wild. Raddy gets his fourth of the season, does turn out to be the game winner. 780-496-0063. We have Phil standing by. Hey, Phil, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, I love your show. I watch it actually, uh, listen to it, sorry, every every time after the game. I had a question about the the line changes, the constant sort of line changes uh it was talked about as an advantage at first, but now it seems like it, it prevents any chemistry. Like, it's it's almost seems to be anti-chemistry. I Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you guys, but I, what do you guys think about this constant, constant line changes? Yeah, good question. Um, you see a lot of line changes on teams that aren't going well because you try to find the right the right lineup, the, the right lines, the guys that can find some chemistry. I think that when Hitch came here, we saw a lot of line changing, and we're like, okay, that's not going to work because we'd seen it over the last year and a half with Todd coaching. So when Hitch came, he's trying, okay, this guy should be able to fit here. Okay, we tried, that's not going to work. I think it got to the point, though, where Hitch was changing too quickly, and guys were losing, uh, well, there was no chemistry at all. I'm just going to quickly jump in. Yep. Todd would get criticized for changing lines for the third period. Yep. And then often at the start of the next game, he'd go back to what they were. Yep. We saw game now. Hitch is different out of this break. He's totally different out of this break. Yep. But we would see games where by the first TV timeout, he'd already ch- yeah. changed the lines. And that and that's hard as a player because you're focused. Okay, tonight I'm playing with these two guys, and then you're when it starts changing that quickly, you become nervous because I don't want to make a mistake. Because if I make a mistake, I'm going to get moved down in the lineup. And when an offensive player plays with hesitation in his game, he's not an effective hockey player. 
because now that slight hesitation is affecting his game and it's affecting the chemistry he has with his line mates. So I understood when Hitch came, he wanted to see who should play with each other, but then Hitch got to a point, he was changing them way, way too quickly. I think what we see right now, outside of the third and fourth line having a tweak here and there, I think he likes his first and second line. And I could see going forward, and to me, this is the only way you can go with your first and second line. I don't see any other option for the Oilers right now, so hopefully they'll stay together. All right, Phil, we're going to finish the play with you. We would like to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Granlin and a face-off win back to Adam Larson. A shot tipped. Here's an opening from Looney. Shoots, and that was stopped by Dubnik. All right, Phil, we're going to test you here. Uh, Brad Malone, the the Oilers are his third NHL team. Which two NHL teams did he play for before Edmonton? Was it Colorado and Carolina, or was it Calgary and Vancouver? Wow. Okay, I don't know that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say, darn. Um, you know, he. This Carolina. is. I'll, I'll say a good, good job. Colorado and Carolina. He has never yeah. played for Calgary. Dorf. I was going to give you a hint by saying that he had. Uh, he's only been on one side of the Battle of Alberta, which probably would have helped you. But stay on the line, okay, Phil? Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. As the Oilers knock off the Minnesota Wild four one tonight, a much needed win. They snap a six game winless skid. Their second since. Ken Hitchcock had taken over as head coach. We'll update the playoff race here quickly because Chicago beat Vancouver in overtime, going to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRental.com. So this means St. Louis, well, I'll include Minnesota because yeah. they're, they're hardly free and clear. Minnesota has the first wildcard spot with 57 points. St. Louis has the second wild card spot with 55. Tiebreaker over Vancouver, who also have 55 points. Colorado, Edmonton, and Chicago now all have 53. Arizona is playing tonight, but trailing Columbus, they have 51. Anaheim lost again, 4 nothing to Ottawa, so they're going to stay at 51. So the Oilers are two out of a playoff spot, so they do make up a point tonight. Yeah, and to me, they're four out of the one that they want to be in. I think the St. Louis Blues are going to be a playoff team. I believe they're trying to catch the Minnesota Wild, and they can do it. This was a huge, huge step for them tonight. Here's the full scoreboard. Canadians over the Jets, 5-2. Golden Knights beat the Red Wings, 4-3. St. Louis won 1-0 in overtime against Tampa. Braden Shen got the game winner. Predators beat the Stars, 3-2 in overtime. I mentioned the Blackhawks winning in OT, 4-3 against the Canucks. Jonathan Taves got the game winner. The Sharks lead the Flames 4-2. Where are we, Rob? Less than five minutes? Yep, four and a half minutes to go in the game. Blue Jackets lead the Coyotes 3-2 with six minutes left. Hurricanes outscore the Sabres 6-5 in overtime. Panthers beat the Penguins 3-2 in overtime. Islanders get past the Devils 2-1 in a shootout. Kings knock off the Flyers (coughs) 3-2 in a shootout. Capitals over the Avalanche 4-3 in overtime. A lot of extra time tonight. And I mentioned the Senators dumping the Ducks uh, for nothing, man. I honestly Anaheim can't believe. Not even. I, I mean, I know this is going to sound funny from a guy who covers the Oilers because they've had some tough nights. But I mean, Anaheim's—they're they're awful. Losing by three, four, five goals almost every game. They're getting blown out. I mean, they've had a nine-three game, a six-one game, a four-nothing game. Uh, I I honestly can't believe they haven't fired their coach. 
I, I just they've got two wins in their last 18 games, and I'm going to hazard a guess that half of those games they lost by three goals or more. Well, they have the worst goal differential in the league. And with, up until uh, lately, the number one goaltender in the league save percentage. Gibson was outstanding, keeping them in games. At the beginning of the season, when they were in the playoffs, it was all on the back of their goaltender. Like They were getting outshot badly every night, and their goaltender kept them in. Eventually, he's, he's going to wear down, and he obviously has. So I, I can't believe Anaheim hasn't made a change yet. Uh, surprised. And the thing is with them, they're still after two wins in 18 games. They're only four points well, out of yeah, a playoff spot, crazy. too. 4 1 Oilers win. Scott in Boston. No, you weren't one of those guys fighting at the parade yesterday, were you? Or on Tuesday? Oh, my goodness. No. Am I on the air? Yes, of course you're on no, the air. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes the producer comes on and says he's still there. Yes, so what's up? Thank you, gentlemen. Um, no, I stay away. I live in a town called Weymouth, which is. 15 minutes south on the ocean, south shore, we oh, call okay. it here. Right. So I stay away from the parade. It's That's the kids. Are you a Southie? Kids. Are you a Southie? No, that would be South Boston. No, no, no. I'm South Shore. So it, it, just picture Massachusetts on the ocean, 15 minutes south. No, Southie is South Boston. Yeah, that's no, where no. I got some buddies in, that are Southies. Oh, Southie is a great, great town. Great people. We're great people here, guys. Yeah, hey, I got a lot of buddies from the Boston area. It is a great town. That's cool, Rob. Rob, I remember having your hockey card, bro, when <laughs> I was a kid. I can still picture it. You have the long hair. Do, do you still wear the hair long? Yeah, yeah, no, there's not a whole lot left there to grow long. But thanks I, for I asking. I to you all night, man. <laughs> all night, man. You played with Mario Lemieux when you're Jagger. I could name, let's see how many Penguins I can name on that team. Brian Trottier, I believe. Yeah, you can't name them all. It's going to take too long. you got to talk about the U.S. What do you got? got a minute here before the news, Scott. Go ahead. All right. Hey, by the way, remember, uh, Reed, cut yeah. me off earlier so I can give my one once-a-night trivia question, okay? Let me know when it's time to go. Here we go. All right? Because yeah. that's the, I have to reason I love calling. All right, this is it. <clears throat> This Oiler team, I have not given up. I have not given up on. I think they're capable. They, they, they beat a good Minnesota Wild team tonight. Minnesota Wild are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. They beat them 4-1 to on the road. I'm impressed. They, it's crunch time. The next two weeks, three weeks, are huge for this Oiler team. It's, I don't want to swear on the air. It's time to um, take care of duty or get off the pot in the bathroom. That's you know what fair. I mean? Now or never. This is it. So, this is it. It's crunch time. You're either going to slide below 500 or you're going to climb two over and creep into the playoffs. All right. Trivia um, time, buddy. Go ahead. What trivia time, you said? Trivia time. Okay. Rob, you ready, bud? I'm you're ready. Me two to one. I pulled this one out of my pictorial biography, my Wayne Gretzky, my most prized <laughs> possession. I, I'm digging. I'm like, I can't ask an obscure question, but something that's reasonable. What team? I actually have two trivia questions, but I'll give you. Here's the first one. What team did Wayne Gretzky play for before Saul St. Marie in the OHA? Before it was the WHA. I'm looking at it right now in front of my face. Oh, in Major Junior? You mean he played for... It was 1976, 77. And it was in the OHL? OHA, it says. Oh, he was at St... Was he at St. Mike's? Nope, it says... Okay, so he was in Salt St. Marie in 77. Yeah, that's OHL, yeah. that, 76, 77. Still the OHA. What team was it? It's not It's not uh, St. Mike's. Uh, Brantford? Nope. I have no... I mean, I'm... This is obscure, well, Rob. I'm yeah, going to blow you up. I can't remember who he nope. played minor hockey. It would be a minor hockey team. Can I guess? Uh, Peterborough. 
Was he in Peterborough? Three, three games. For three, three. I'm looking at it right now, Rob. Yeah, for the three Peterborough Pete. Three assists. Well, then the Peter Peterborough Pete's made a mistake. <laughs> they let they let him go. That might have been a mistake. I want to keep talking. Can I ask you another one? Got to be quick. I, we I, got I a news, 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 news gal's ready to go. We gotta go. You quick. Ask quick. Oh, quickly. Okay. What? <laughs> What was his? This is so easy. What? 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 What did he? Wait, I'm a huge Gretzky fan. What town did Wayne Gretzky grow up and play on the pond with his dad, Walter Washington? Brantford, Ontario. Brantford. I'm jealous. I live here in Massachusetts. That was an easy one. Rob, I'll be back next week. One more thing. One more thing. Read this Oilers team. Don't be surprised if they go on a 9-0 run and get in the playoff pitch. I'm expecting it. Get a kid up from uh, Bakersfield, though. Stop <laughs> you got to get hungry right. kids. That is Scott in Boston. I'd be surprised if they go 9-0. 4-1 Oilers beat the Wild. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line is back after the news. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.32. It was held in by Granlin. Zucker, though, checked off the puck by Drysaddle. Threw it back behind the net. In front, one-timer to save made by Cam Talbot. Point-blank range against the snake-bitten Granlin. 35 stops for Talbot tonight as the Oilers beat the Wild 4-1. That's the save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us tonight. San Jose has beaten Calgary 5-2. The Sharks are here on Saturday. Bit of an unusual start time for a Saturday home game for the Oilers. It will start at 5, so we'll have the face-off show at 3.30. Doug on line 2. Hello, Doug. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, guy from Boston calling Minnesota a good hockey team. They're not that good. It's going to be St. Louis and Edmonton make the final two spots, so I don't see what the panic is about Vancouver or Los Angeles or Chicago. They got they don't have the depth. They don't have the defense. They don't have the goaltending. So anyway, a guy from Boston, I, I enjoy listening to him, but sometimes he gets to be a bit too much. That's about all I have to say. Well, I, I think with Minnesota, if they were healthy, if they had Koivu and Dumba, they are a very, very good hockey club. I think losing Koivu for the remainder of the season, that certainly hurts their playoff chances. Yeah, and I also think Doug described some of the same problems the Oilers have. Uh, Goaltending, depth, and defense. Which is why they're in the same <laughs> neighborhood as those teams. Hopefully the Oilers can indeed go on a run. Lori on line five. Go ahead, Lori. Oh, yeah. I'm calling you from Vegreville. I like Ken Hitchcock, and I would like to know who the new general manager is going to be for the Oilers. Okay, well, that's TBA. I, I think that some of the names have been out there. Kelly McCrimmon is the assistant GM in Vegas. Bill Guerin's an assistant GM in uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they've talked about assistant. They, there's been a lot of talk about guys who are assistant general managers. So we'll see. They're, they'll search. They'll look. Uh, somebody has to want the job mm-hmm. because it is. I don't think it's going to be an easy build necessarily. No, no it, it's going to be a lot of work. You don't have a lot of flexibility with. I mean, little example. They have a goaltender making fourteen million dollars in the next three years, who's not even starting important games for them right now. So the Oilers, the new GM, is going to have a lot of things that he's going to have to try to fix. 
All right, 4-1, the Oilers win it. Nurse scored early. Raddy scored in the second period. Erickson Eck got one early in the third for the Wild. Edmonton came right back on a dry settle power play goal, his 32nd of the season. Cassian gets his seventh of the year into an empty net. McDavid, two assists. He's up to 80 points. Nugent Hopkins with two assists. Cassian with one and one tonight. Chase on had an assist on the power play. I thought he had a pretty good game as well as the Oilers finally snapped this six-game slide. Phil on line four. Hello, Phil. Hey, guys. So tonight's game against Minnesota there, I think, uh, really reinforces the need to stay healthy. Um, we're fortunate enough that we got uh, bomb back. is going to be coming back. If we stay healthy, we stand a good chance of making the playoffs and actually doing something in the playoffs. That's 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 one thing. And, and because of that, I think Minnesota is probably pretty much done for the season. Um, you know what? With regards to the Oilers' home record, um, I'll throw a little theory out here, okay? Now, Edmonton is a small market team, basically a one-horse town. The Oilers is the only thing going, okay? Um, now, when these young guys come back home, there's a lot of media pressure. There's a lot of fan pressure, um, especially because they're carrying the weight of the old Oilers. You know, they hear every day, 1985, whatever, as compared to Winnipeg, which, you know, they're a small market team as well, but they don't have that burden of previous dynasty to carry. And this can play on the guys, and they're just, you know, they've, they've got to win on the road to bring that winning attitude back into the arena. Just a comment. Fair comment. Absolutely. There, there is a ton of pressure playing in Edmonton, more so than a lot of other cities, and it affects different players differently. It is not an easy city to play in. It, when you're winning, it's incredible. When you're losing or when things are going sideways, just ask Jordan Eberle or Devin Dubnik or Justin Schultz or Jeff Petrie. It's tough. So uh, I don't know if that is the, the total reason it, the Oilers have got a poor record on home ice, but uh, it's a fair assessment. Uh, I, don't, I don't personally, okay, I, I don't totally disagree with it. I don't buy it to a great extent, though, because... Two like two years ago, they had a pretty good home record when things were going well. Yes, but we yeah. didn't know how they're going to be at the start of the season. No, nope. I mean, they started with no wins. But they started. There was no ex- anybody else. There was no expectations that year. True. There were expectations the last two years when expe- expectations but, okay, are high. But I mean, by Phil's theory, the New York Yankees would never be a good home team because they're the most scrutinized team in North America. True. True, so but they are the they are the they aren't the only thing in town though. He he also threw out that we are it's a one one horse town. New York, they have a lot of other things in town in New York. In Edmonton, it's the Oilers. Because he did say that the, the, the diff- Edmonton is a small market team. They've only got the Edmonton Oilers. New York, they got the Yankees, the Rangers, the Knicks, the Jets. Okay, but are the Jets good because they weren't good in the 80s, or have they built an incredible team? They built an incredible team. They built a, No, I agree with that. But I, it, it's been a long time since a Canadian team has won, because when expectations are high, the pressure is high, and it's hard. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Gary on line three. Hey, Gary. Good evening, Ross. Thank you much, gentlemen, for taking my call this evening. Yeah, the, there was a two-goal uh, lead going into the third period, and uh, of the past three games, your older fans are holding the press just like mine was. We're looking to hopefully hear what happened uh, happen again. So great that they won this game tonight. It's a big game. Uh, I know missing two of their players as probably Minnesota it makes a big difference too, of course. Um, uh, Talbot, I just want to mention about Talbot. Uh, it, it, it's great that uh, uh, 
that he got a chance to play tonight to kind of redeem himself because I think he was very upset with what he had been pulled in the Chicago game. Uh, and I'm glad that um, uh, they got a chance to play tonight to kind of redeem himself. I think it give him a lot of confidence. Uh, so one of my questions would be regards to Talbot and my call here. Um, as far as the uh, identity of this team, I think because of the lack of depth in this, uh, on this team other than the first line, um, I think they got to play within their strengths. I mean, they they have the size still, so they should be more aggressive without taking any uh, un, uh, unnecessary penalties. Of course, uh, play within motion of the game, and and also to start the game to get some motion and and, and uh, not give up the first goal and and um, play if they can play like they do on the road uh, back at home. I know there's a lot of pressure to play at home, but if they can play the same way they play on the road, I think they'll better chance of winning the games at home. Um, so my next two questions are, or three actually. Uh, my first question, if you don't mind asking, gentlemen, is: Would you play? Would you start uh, um, Talbot, or Talbot? Talbot next game. It's okay. no question. Talbot next game. Okay. Uh, my next second question is uh, with PRV. Um, you mentioned about sending him down to to Bakersfield for this their uh, um, playoff run. I would agree with you there, but who would you bring up in place of him? Well, you could bring up somebody like Patrick Russell, Cooper Marodi, somebody like that. Give Benson a look if you want. I mean, there's a bunch of players, but Pugliarvi needs to play in the minors. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. He's not doing anything up here right now, so for his confidence, I'd better send him back down. Should have did it earlier, actually, this year. Uh, my last question, regards to uh, the pregame show. I, I missed it. I'm sorry about that, Reed, but I usually catch your pregame show before the game starts. But you you always announce the uh, mystery uh, player of the game uh, for tomorrow. So I didn't catch this the, the, uh, before the game started. Could you mind? Don't mind. Uh, do you mind letting uh, me again? Well, the the point of giving it out on the free game show. So if people oh. listen to the free game show, Gary, <laughs> I'll make an exception for you tonight. It's Clef Bump. Okay, thank you much. I appreciate it. Uh, otherwise, uh, you got 28 games left, so uh, we got to be uh, you know. Uh, just gotta keep cheering these guys on. Hopefully, they play uh, a little more confidence and uh, and um, not give uh, give any 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 uh, uh, opportunities to the other team that we we're playing up for the main twenty games. That's all I gotta say, now, guys. Okay, right on, Gary. Thanks for calling. Edmonton four-one win in Minnesota tonight. Speaking of the face-off show. For face-off trivia, Kundai is the winner. Which two Oilers had 40-goal seasons in 88-89? Jimmy Carson and Yari Curry, 49 and 44 goals respectively. Kundai goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card, courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved, alpinecredits.ca. We'll get to a couple more calls when we get back. Edmonton, 4-1 winners over Minnesota, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chip. It's Cassian dishing off to McDavid over the line. What timer? Nurse scores right through the glove of Devin Dubnik. Early goal for the Oilers tonight, just 2.15 in. Nurse gets his seventh, and the Oilers go on to snap their six-game slide, a 4-1 victory against the Minnesota Wild. Edmonton now 24-25-5 and on the season. They're 12-11-4 on the road, and if you missed us talking about it earlier, two points out of a playoff spot. St. Louis now has the final wild card in the West. We have Brandon on the line. Hello, Brandon. Good evening, fellas. How you doing? Good. Good, a little funner taking this uh, these calls uh, after an Oiler win. Um, so just a couple points here. Ty Ratty, love him on the first line. Uh, that's I think who needs to be there as long as he's playing, moving his feet. But he's 
his ability to get open and get scoring chances, and uh, and it, and he's the best student player for McDavid. I'd like to I'd like to keep that line together. I thought Karen Cassian played a heavy game tonight, control the play down low, um, you know, and wore down the defenseman, you know, which which certainly helps in, in a game like this. Uh, <clears throat> For the trade deadline, buyer, seller, I mean, that seems to change game after game, whether it's a win or a loss. It's one game you're a buyer, one game you're a seller. Um, it's, what is it, 15, two weeks away before the trade deadline? Yep. Um, I'm just wondering thoughts on uh, maybe acquiring a winger to play with Nuge uh, and Chase on. Um, I've been looking through all the teams, what their cap hits, uh, or who play, what players might be available. And I, I'm looking at that Dzingel from Ottawa. He's making about 1.8 million uh, for this year. Then he's a UFA next year. Now, how many goals I know does he not, have? Do you know off the top of your head? Pardon me. How many goals does he have? Do you know off the top of your he's head? Got, I think he's got about 21. He's over 20 for sure. The problem is what you give up for him. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't think he gave up a whole lot. I, I don't think the Oilers in the first round are either going to place. I, my guess is either going to be Winnipeg or San Jose. And I don't think they're just one winger away from being a team that is going to knock those guys off. So I don't, I, I you don't give up a whole lot because I don't think you want to mortgage your future just to get a playoff game. I just don't. No, no, and I, I get that, and I know that the Oilers. But I mean, even getting to the playoffs this year, if you can give a, a draft pick and a, pro, a prospect to get them at least then next year, uh, when it comes, you have them for potentially a playoff run, a chance to play with McDavid. And then a first chance to, to even sign them. If you get them signed for four and a half or five million, if you can clear up the mess. No, that, that's no. an interesting name, though. You're throwing out there, Brandon. I'll, I got to say that's that's a really interesting name you're throwing out there. The, I just they they've said they don't want to trade the first round pick or a prospect. And, and I wouldn't. I mean, look at the Oilers right now. The Oilers are a team that they have three stars, and then their depth. There's they've got no depth. So no, and they've no. got some bad bad contracts, so they can't move contracts. They need players, prospects out of the minors to come up and play. So if you start getting yeah. rid of them, now you're in trouble. And, right. if, and if they're in a playoffs chase, that probably means both Talbot and Chason are playing well. Yep. So, so you're not moving either of them out. And well, you wouldn't dump. Well, so the chase on. They both played well tonight. Yeah. So you're not you're not moving them. That's a really interesting name, though, Brandon. I got to hand it to you, though. And Ottawa's a team yeah. that might trade. Something. Oh, they're they're going to trade everyone. Yeah. Ottawa, absolutely. Well, he's he's an unrestricted free agent. They're going to trade him. No, he said after next but year, right, depends. Brandon? It'll depend. It'll depend if uh, Duchesne and Stone resign in Ottawa. I think, like, if if they both walk, then you you want to sign the thing because he's going to be a good play. He is a good player. But if Duchesne signs for eight million and Stone signs for nine, you know, per year for five years or forever, however long, like Duchesne's eight years at eight million, if he signs that and, and Stone signs for more than that, then that's the guy that maybe well, we're not going to be able to sign this guy for five million. So if you had him here for at least two million until the end of the year, you know, and then you tried it in the summer, try to get what if you could trade the reader for single. Uh, well, yeah, get rid of Reader. That was the first thing. Get rid. Yeah, of they're not gonna. T- they're they're gonna ask if he's got twenty one goals. They're gonna be asking for a very good prospect. Brandon, thanks, man. We gotta yeah. run. All right, Kate. Bye. Okay. Uh, do, we, how, 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 do we have time for to get Ty Rowdy in, Kellen? Okay, that's okay. Put, you'll put Rowdy on the web. 
It's up there right now. Okay, you can yep. go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com to get additional uh, post-game audio. we got to wind it down. Uh, thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Yes, as Brandon said, finally talking about a victory as the Oilers snap this ugly run. 4-1 over the Minnesota Wild. Back home on Saturday, 3.30 face-off show, 5 o'clock puck drop as they host the San Jose Sharks. The game presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Always great to talk with you. Have a great night.